0: If you're listening to this, please take this as a genuine, heartfelt word of encouragement. You have access to everything you need to achieve anything you want when you know where and how to look. And it doesn't require years of study. When I'm speaking to audiences as a keynote speaker, it happens within 5 minutes, a 5-minute exercise that we do together and all of a sudden, light bulbs go on. Expanding possibilities. The mindset zone.
1: I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Paul Daniels. Paul has been an outsider his whole life because of it. He became, for many companies, the favorite innovation whisper. And during his 40-year career, spanning more than two dozen industries and 27 countries, Paul has influenced innovation for clients like General Electric, United Healthcare, WebMD, and AT&T. Here we are going to be speaking about how we transform dyslexic, dyslexia into a superpower that everyone can learn from. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Paul.
0: Anna, uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Longtime listener, first-time guest. So I'm excited.
1: And I'm so excited to be here. We are going to be speaking with dyslexia and even more things. But an interesting thing is that... Uh, both of us uh, um, in different times in our lives were diagnosed with dyslexia. And even now, when I was reading the bio, uh, I stumble in the word dyslexia. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that is part of this journey. And I'm very interested to um, in this conversation to go a little bit deep into how uh, you transform in your own journey, their challenge into an amazing learning opportunity and experience. Yes. And and uh, first of all, I, I have to give you the congratulations because I think when these um, podcasts going to be published, your uh, a book that you are a contributing author should be published to or almost there. No. So tell us a little bit about the book.
0: Sure. Uh, Eric Severson. Uh, invited me and a few other people to contribute to a book that is a one of a series of books that he's um, published under the, uh, the title Peak Performance. And uh, this particular Peak Performance book is called Mindset Tools for Entrepreneurs. And I was fortunate enough to be asked to contribute. And uh, uh, my book, uh, excuse me, my chapter is called Lessons from the Periphery. Uh, I'm excited. It should be out in, um, at the end of May. And if uh, you're listening to this and it's after May, I wish I'd have come prepared to tell you the, uh, what is it, the ISDN number or whatever the,
1: the, but the, the I'm
0: number sure. is, but you can find it uh, anywhere books are sold online and uh, in stores.
1: And I will make sure that uh, a direct link to the book will be under the show notes. Oh, brilliant. that way makes it easy for everybody. And uh, you are going to be speaking in the chapter around uh, these, uh, what you call the peripheral thinking. That is this concept that you've been developing uh, for a long time, correct?
0: That's correct. And so in the chapter itself, I, I take you more on a journey than a lesson. Uh, and it is one experience I encountered many years ago. I think it was 1996 or seven that I relive um, telling the story. And this was before um, before I had formalized peripheral thinking. It was simply the way I thought at that time, and it's uh, it's certainly come a long way since then.
1: Can you tell us just a little bit? Wet our appetite a little sure. bit.
0: Sure. Sure. Uh, so. Th- th- the chapter begins um, something like this, $150 million. I stared at the number. I blinked a few times to make sure I was seeing it right. No, this can't be correct. $150 million? No, it must be a typo. I go down to the president's office and he confirms, yes, $150 million. This is 10 times the number that I was assigned the year before. And it's three times larger than our global company has ever acquired in a single year. Now it's November and I have two months to prepare to achieve something that nothing that's never been done before in our company by a factor of three and certainly not for my North American team by a factor of 10. I need to think differently. I need to look at this in a different way. And I need to see the opportunities instead of the obstacles. So how can I do that?
1: Love it, love it, love (laughs) it. So, and this now is what you are helping other organizations to do is based on these principles and experiences, uh, how you can help people through this uh, peripheral thinking, really achieving much more than they ever thought that is possible.
0: Absolutely. If you're listening to this, please take this as a genuine, heartfelt word of encouragement. You have access to everything you need to achieve anything you want when you know where and how to look. And it doesn't require years of study. When I'm speaking to audiences as a a keynote speaker, it happens within five minutes a five-minute exercise that we do together, and all of a sudden, light bulbs go on. And, and it's, an, it's an exciting journey, and I love sharing it because it does change the trajectory of both companies and people in, in a positive way where they start to see the world the way you and I, Anna, see it as filled with opportunities and choices and paths and answers instead of um, instead of the opposite.
1: And this comes along uh, going back to the dyslexia uh, that you, when you were growing up, you didn't knew that you had dyslexia, correct?
0: That's right. I was 40 years old when I was diagnosed with dyslexia. Wow.
1: But when you were growing up, you had the challenge that somebody with dyslexia faces in school mm-hmm. that uh, prevents you to succeed with the criterias that typically um, uh, people uh, will um, e- evaluate as the good student.
0: Correct. Yes, I, I was labeled uh, both um, privately and publicly as slow, stupid, lazy, a daydreamer. Um, and that happened through primary school. It happened in college it happened in graduate school it even happened for many years uh, in my professional career and at age 40 when i was diagnosed the light bulb came on for me and i realized then that the companies that i had started that the success that i had seen was because of my dyslexia not in spite of my dyslexia
1: so tell us a little bit about that how because even this concept of peripheral, peripheral thinking came from your own experience and then how how you can teach these to other people that don't have dyslexia. So tell us a little about yeah. this journey.
0: So if you look at history and some of the greatest innovations that we've experienced throughout history, dyslexics are there. Uh, these people, took their profession to the highest levels and in some cases even created new industries. Uh, Einstein, Henry Ford, Anne Bancroft, Da Vinci, Agatha Christie, JFK, and the list goes on. The difference with dyslexia is our processing of, of written material. It's just a it's a learning difference. It's not a disease and it's not a It's not a um, disability. Our mind takes in information that most people miss and that assembles them, these pieces of information in unique ways. And as I was growing and starting businesses and and working, I would find new ways to do things that were either more productive or more profitable or opened up new markets for my clients, uh, for the companies. And as I learned more about my dyslexia after being diagnosed, I recognized that there is a set of super skills that come innately within people that have dyslexia to see things that others don't apply, um, unconventional approaches in order to overcome challenges, of course, but also to innovate beyond obstacles and see things well into the future, that others could only imagine
1: because what sometimes is in front of us doesn't make sense and we have to develop uh, the muscle of looking to the context looking to the patterns looking to what is around and find another way of going to a to b and that expands that uh, that super skills
0: that's that's exactly right and when you find those those experiences that take you on a different path to achieve the same goal or perhaps even a greater goal than what was set out in the standard curriculum, you also experience things that you carry with you that can be applied uh, in the future or can be applied from what would likely be considered an an irrelevant source. So, I, I ask my audiences and, and, and I'll ask yours, you know, what does a baker in Bulgaria have in common with a, a foundry outside of Philadelphia? <laughs> well, what does a movie theater in Malaysia have in common with a distribution center in Denver? I don't know. What does a flu in China have to do with unemployment around the world? Well, conventional wisdom... Says they don't have anything in common, but peripheral thinking says, wait a minute, there may be some things here. There may be ideas that we can use. There may be experiences that we can draw upon. It's easier now for us to see the impact of a flu in China to unemployment around the world. At the moment, or even before that happened, it was almost inconceivable. Peripheral thinkers already considered what that might be and were preparing well in advance of something like that so that their companies or their profession or their families had options and alternatives for the unexpected.
1: Wow. Because uh, interesting enough, before uh, um, this conversation, I was looking to a video from the BBC that was uh, Mm. like just less than two minutes about how trees communicate with each other. And what I'm thinking when you're describing that, what because we see the trees as these individual beings next Mm -hmm. to each other, but separate. Like you're describing what the flu in China has to do with an employment here, what the baker somewhere... Uh, in another continent has to do with your own business and Mm -hmm. we see these as separate things but if you understand like if the trees they are finding out that the roots in the there is these fungi Mm that communicate with each other that establish this network a complex network of communication Uh, and if we see the world in this global way and to see the patterns how one thing influences the, the other uh, it's incredible to see those connections. Mm-hmm. And how can we learn if we keep our mind open to the possibilities?
0: Uh, e- exactly. And so if if you're interested, I can do a quick uh, uh, session, uh, three minutes with the audience uh, participation, just to give them a sense of what it's like to see the world slightly differently.
1: So I will ask you 1 minute for that because sure. one thing that is also coming here for me is that it seems like that the dyslexic brain is like prep for brainstorming.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And perhaps in ways that uh, that most people might not consider brainstorming. We we often equate brainstorming with creative ideas being drawn um, uh, elegantly on whiteboards and you walking away with a vision for the future that will be implemented immediately, you know, sort of um, fantasizing or romanticizing that notion. But brainstorming can happen with one individual who is referencing the perspectives of a thousand people that they know.
1: Yeah. And it can be a messy process.
0: Yes, absolutely. It, it absolutely should be a messy process.
1: Absolutely. Because usually when it's not messy, possibly where we are leaving many options on the, t- or not exploring many options. 100%. And, and another thing here, because we are speaking about these super skills, but another thing that from what I'm learning from your work is that you really have a growth mindset about this. It's not, we are born with it or not born with it. Some people maybe are wired in a certain way that makes this more uh, in that in the beginning, uh, that these are th- these super skills are teachable to everybody.
0: Absolutely, yes, one hundred percent. Because the we have cracked the code. The World Economic Forum released a report um, a few years ago outlining um, their research. They researched every industry and every skill associated with that industry and find what skills were needed for the year 2025 and beyond for each company in every industry to excel. Ernst & Young, the global consulting firm, along with a few others, looked at that report, filtered it, and studied it from a different perspective. There are nine top skills that will be needed in the year 2025. And those nine have the fewest Number of people in the current working population to fill the need, so it's the highest demand and the fewest number of people to fill it. Ernstson Young found that eight of the nine are found innately within dyslexics.
1: Can you give so, us an example?
0: Yes. Um, so there's a, a skill called interpreting, uh, and it's there are different terms. Many people have studied dyslexia, but interpreting allows individuals to move outside of their industry's conventional wisdom or the industry's best practice. So they shed the notion that only our industry can solve our industry's problems. And they look for ideas and solutions everywhere and take those as at face value. So for instance, when JFK said, we're going to put a person on the moon By the end of the decade, conventional wisdom said you're going to do what? Right? Well, peripheral thinking said, all right, let's go. NASA is exactly that. They said, let's get busy. And they cast a very broad net to capture information and ideas from nearly every industry around the world because they needed as much content as they could to make as many creations as possible, as needed, to do something that had never been done
1: before. And so that is really the core of innovation.
0: Yes. If you look at innovation um, throughout history, rarely will you find a a unique property or element that was never involved in anything else before. Um, So when I look at innovation, I'm always tapping into what's happening in other industries or what has happened in other industries. Texting, for instance, has been around for a long time. But in 2010 I worked with a hospital and in the Midwest and we came up with the idea of texting patients. And it happened when I'd spoken with the director of the patient engagement department and she went on vacation. She went on holiday to Hawaii. And she was only in Hawaii (laughs) four or five hours when she called me on the phone and said, I have this idea about texting patients in the hospital, just like she had received a text from the hotel when she checked in. Mm. There it was, a proven solution, low risk. It's simply applied to a new industry with immediate results. And that was the beginning uh, of that, quote, innovative Um, approach to communicating with patients. It didn't (laughs) use new technology. It was existing. It was just a different industry.
1: I love that. She got inspiration about the hospitality industry in a hotel and applied to the hospitals.
0: (laughs) That's that's exactly right. And it's a great fun. It's fun to play on words, um, uh, that same thing. But I've learned more from my baker friend in Bulgaria, Ivan, um, in the last six months, than, uh, than I ever expected. He owns six bakeries uh, in Bulgaria, and uh, we use Google Translate to, to communicate back and forth. And he's a lovely man with great experience that, frankly, could apply to virtually anyone that is listening to this podcast, So whether it's business or personal.
1: So the biker in Bulgaria is not a fictitious character; no, is a real person.
0: It is. It's a real person, and I, you'll forgive me, especially if Ivan is listening to this translated. I'm sorry, I still cannot pronounce your last name. <laughs> <laughs> I simply cannot. But I was asked uh, a couple of years ago, after giving that example, who I knew in Bulgaria, and I said, "Well, it's it's an example." And he said, "You really don't have one." I said, "Oh my goodness, you're right. I need to," and. That day I got on LinkedIn and started looking around and within 48 hours I'd made a a contact and within a few weeks we were talking and I was learning from him. So of of course I should uh, take my own advice. Sometimes I don't, I'm human, but it was, it's been a wonderful experience. And, uh, and, and yes, I know somebody that owns a a steel mill. It's not outside of Philadelphia. It's actually a a foundry in um, Uh, In a different part of Pennsylvania, but it's easier to say than Allentown. Mm.
1: Wow! Yeah. So give us uh, give us the exercise now. So I'll like a taste of how people can start to develop these muscles.
0: Terrific. Okay. So um, for those of you that are listening, there'll be a part of our exercise that if you're listening while you're driving, do do not do this. (laughs) Just imagine. So imagine that you're standing in a mountain field and the sun feels warm on your face, the air, it's crisp and cool. And as you look out over that mountain field that's covered in wildflowers, in front of you, there's your challenge, rising up like a monolith out of the flowers. Now, this is the part, if you're driving, I'm asking you just to imagine this part. Take a hand and cover your eyes. Not completely, just so that you can't see what's right in front of you, okay? So now, while you can't see what's right in front of you what can you see well you can move your eyes and you can look up or to the right to the left down in fact i challenged the people that are listening find something in your environment that you haven't noticed before you may be sitting in the same room that you've been in room for decades i promise you you can find something that you haven't seen before okay by now you will have found something a shadow on a wall a spot on the floor something All right, you can take your hand down. Now, that is peripheral vision, being able to kind of see things that are on your periphery. Now, look at that spot on the floor, the mark on the wall, a shadow on the ceiling, whatever that is that you saw that was was new to you. What was in the peripheral vision is now clear because you see the details of it. That's peripheral awareness. We're back in the mountain field. And instead of looking at our challenge from our existing position, imagine you move a hundred yards to the right. What does that new vantage point give you uh, about that obstacle or that challenge? Likely you see more details, perhaps some shadows that show you how deep it is or how tall it is. You have different reference and you can do that same thing, that same movement by going all the way around the obstacle in a circle a 360 degree review, very common, right? You can, if you lead teams, you can take your team on that same exercise. The challenge is that it's still from your perspective, you're looking at that obstacle still from your perspective, perhaps filtered through your team's collective experiences. This time, standing that 100 yards to the right of your original starting point. Don't look at your obstacle. Look the other way. What do you see now? Well, likely you see other objects, maybe different terrain and people. But those people aren't part of your team or your network or even your industry. And they've got their own challenges. They're not looking at yours. So how did they get where they are and How do they achieve their goals? Their experiences may be just the inspiration you need for your company's innovation. It's those moments when you're in the mountain field using this peripheral thinking skill called interpreting that you collect lessons and content and principles and solutions or pieces of solutions that you can apply anytime, anywhere. It's what dyslexics do naturally. What we hear and see always reminds us of something else. We, we are, our mind is like a, a, a secret database of wisdom for peripheral thinkers that are not dyslexic. I've got a few tools. In fact, if anyone that's listening to this would like to have a copy of, of a, a, a workbook that outlines this interpreting skill, all you do is, is connect with me with the content that Anna has, and I'm happy. And just mention this show, and I'll send it to you free. I don't sell my um, list. I won't sell you anything, I promise. But I'm happy to help send that to you. I'll be happy to do that. And that's just a real a little taste of seeing things from a different perspective. And when you expand that and you see it from other people's perspectives, and those people see things from other people's perspectives, pretty soon your circle of experiences expands dramatically. And now you have access, just like NASA did, you start to have access to everything you need to achieve anything you want.
1: Love it. And uh, uh, I love that because uh, you take it to the next level. It's not just going around obstacle is distance yourself, looking in the other other directions, mm-hmm. and uh, connect with other people. And from that more global kind of perspective, then you can really see things, uh, more possibilities. Yes. And I always like to the people that listen with regularly to the podcast, the Mindset Zone, to make like connecting the dots. And in, interesting, Yes. in the first year of recordings of this podcast, I did a, a couple of episodes. One was about the importance of keeping focus, okay, execution, keeping the focus. And there is loads of high performance that speak about that, that immediately the next week, the episode was about the need of getting and focus of bringing that kind of just letting us wonder, and we need both skills. And you are speaking about cultivating that and focus capacity.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. And the, and the solution, the this this way of seeing things, um, is not a silver bullet. It is one of many things. You you need to know about yourself. What is the mindset that you have? What what are the the things that limit your belief systems and things like that. I'm not speaking about that. I'm, I'm focusing just on the skills of peripheral thinking. And there are eight of those that uh, we don't have time to go through. But when uh, when you do expand that, keep in mind that, it, yes, I do have a baker in Bulgaria and a foundry outside of Philadelphia and uh, and so on. I also read books Yes, as a dyslexic, I listen to books probably more often than li- read them, but uh, that have nothing to do with my industry. I'm the chief revenue officer for a, a software company, as well as being the founder of Peripheral Thinkers, which is a think tank and and, um, and then do some speaking. But I'll read a book about um, diamond mining <laughs> or uh, a re- see a documentary on... Um, jungle deforestation or how a machine is made and uh, all of those things are lessons <laughs> i've got a friend who is who's retired that works at the home depot near my home <laughs> and his name is mike shout out to mike from the hardware aisle he and i talk about every 2 weeks on a saturday and uh, we talk about tools and things like that but there are other things that he has in his you know his 50 year career that are fascinating. When we talk about golf in Scotland and what it's like there, and if if you open your mind, there's lessons everywhere, from the person who's handing you the coffee from your Starbucks through the window to uh, going around the globe and meeting people, you know, indigenous people in third-world countries. There's so much available to you right where you are.
1: Yeah, it's that being open to learning new things, to mm. explore uh, and really to expand what's possible. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, and another element here that is in very interesting for me from the positive in, uh, uh, psychology angle is that when we are in a negative emotional state or anxiety, we literally see less. We see in a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's the tiger we have to get ready to run away kind of thing. And when we are in a positive, with positive emotions, more relaxed, we see really broaden. That is, uh, even in positive psychology, is the build and broaden broaden and build theory of, of positivity and positive emotions. And I see uh, a parallel to what you are speaking. If people learn to tap into a more positive state, Mm-hmm. they are able to uh, be, become more aware of their surroundings.
0: A- absolutely. I, I have a, a rather um, interesting story, brief, albeit, of being held at gunpoint in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine, it's the middle of the night, we were pulled out of a van, and the, the young man couldn't have been more than maybe 13 or 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't speak Bibio. Um he didn't speak English. there was a, other people they were yelling, uh, and this poor young man is shaking and he's holding a rifle to my head. Wow now, yes, definitely tunnel vision, but my peripheral thinking i'm I'm through my peripheral vision, I'm scanning everywhere. And I'm also keeping my eyes squarely on the the young man who's shaking with his finger on the trigger. Oh if only he had taken his finger off the trigger, I probably wouldn't have sweat so much. But um, and just showing, you know, calm emotion, like I understand this has got to be bad for you. I'm, I'm sorry for you. Whatever's got you to this position, and at the same time, I'm scanning because there are four of us that went to Nigeria uh, for two weeks to um, on a mission trip to do some um, health. Things and uh, medical missions, so on. Uh, it was very unexpected, but in that moment, I saw I saw many many things, and though none of it was my life flashing before my eyes, <laughs> <laughs> it was. I saw escape routes. I saw um, I, I saw a light coming from my left, which was a, a motorcycle coming from where we had just come from. I, I saw um, the jungle behind the the young man. Uh, there were many things that I saw that I could use in that moment. One to call myself two to figure out if I could escape three to determine whether or not this was it. Uh, and ultimately it was not it because you can hear me speaking yes. now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and like glad, but it's incredible, incredible. So where people can learn more, about you, your work, and how can they start to explore the periphery of thinking and develop this awareness?
0: Yeah, terrific. Well, I'm I'm happy to speak with anyone about this. So if you're um, if you would just like to learn more about me, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Paul Daniels Jr. Paul Daniels Jr. So it's www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Paul Daniels Jr. Uh, You can also find me on my website at www.peripheralthinkers.com, or you can also use the www.pauldanielsjr.com. Both will get you to the same place. Uh, And if you're on LinkedIn and want to message me, please do. Um, I post about, I'll be posting here in a few moments uh, today about what I'm thinking about around peripheral thinking. If you're interested in having me speak at your event, if you go to the website that i gave you there is a hold the date and there's also a contact me um, page on that website and i'm happy to respond and and help however i can that's my goal is to is to be of service and to teach people another skill that they can add to their quiver so that they're um, more prepared for whatever comes next
1: love it and i will make sure that all the links will show up below in the show notes here so thank you so much for being here. You're a gem and it's been my pleasure. I love your show
0: and I think the world of you and what you do um, for your audience and your community. So um, the best to you and to everyone.
1: Grateful. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's dot zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.